Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and here with you after weekend one of the Autumn Internationals, we're in a a brave new world and I just want to say Elon Musk, Charlize Theron, Oscar Pistorius, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, A.B. de Villiers, Ernie Charlene the Princess of Monaco, Lady Smith, Blackman Bambazo, C.J. Stander, your boys (laughs) took a, a... Kind of a beating that was mostly self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. A mild sort of lesson. Hashtag comeback 2018. Um, I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Timothy. That's Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, we are Egg Chasers and you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on uh, Instagram and everywhere else. In, in fact, do we need to just to hit pause and do this? No, there's no need to pause it, Timothy, because we are, in fact, on YouTube as well today. I should have known because you've got your feet covered up with a... <laughs> mi- well, how did you... What do you call it? Min Campbell blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I'm a man who's very, very comfortable being naked. Very comfortable. Like, so, I find it abhorrent that people criticise me so much. When I'm in my own house, <laughs> broadcasting from my own studio, and I happen to have no sho- shoes and socks on, but they go m- mental about it. Just, so, just imagine the reaction if you were naked. Oh well, yeah, quite. Mate, if you if you um if your cock and balls were out, it wouldn't be as offensive as if your feet were out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are horrible yeah, those feet. feet. Yeah. Well, those look, feet are truly be, disgusting. Be, be, yeah. Because of the online trolls, I've got to sit here like uh, like an octogenarian. Ex Lib Dem leader. <laughs> so. <laughs> right, that's what we are. Well, so on this podcast, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, England's victory against South Africa. We're going to be talking about Ireland's victory in Chicago against Italy, uh, and Wales's win over Scotland in the inaugural Doddy Weir Cup. Um, and we're going to be looking ahead to next week's games. There's a few other things that are going on as well. Um, some disturbances in the England camp and a, a bit of a, a lack of happiness over um, the new season and how it's going to affect players' incomes. Um, but one place I want to start, it was one of my favourite moments of the weekend. Um, James Haskell. A really good pundit. Really like him. I, I love him as a pundit, to be fair. Yeah, I do. Good I bloke, do. good player, good man, great pundit. Amazing flanker. Brilliant flanker. T- All-round top bloke, yeah. Uh, great gym goer, good yeah. cookbooks. He had a bit, a bit of an issue. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I want to come to his defence on this one. So let's listen to it first. So this is after the game, um, and he's asked by Alex Payne on Sky Sports, right? So what's going to be happening then? Parents will sing song. Is it everyone into the ice bath? What will they be doing now? I think. 
you'll have a sing song. Um, it's important to celebrate a victory, whether it was the <laughs> oh. prettiest thing in the world. I think you've got to get around with each other, ready to regrow next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James, what? <laughs> now, what happened there? The oh, my God, just one more time. The prettiest thing in the world. I think you've got to get around with each other, ready to regrow next week. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it so much. I'm just trying to work out what happened. Did it just distort on the sound? No. So, I, and this is why I want to jump to his defence because I've been there uh, it, on radio. This has happened to me before. And what it is is that what that he's speaking into his little microphone, and what he's hearing isn't what he's saying in oh, real in real no. time. He's getting a slight delay. I've got an amazing example of this, just to highlight how hard it can be. This is a mate of mine who was on the radio for years and years. In fact, I th- think he still is somewhere in the UK. He's called Ed, and um, this is him live on the radio uh, about 10 years ago, this was, but his he was hearing a delayed feed in his own ears. Great song. So long since I've heard that song. Just brilliant. Wilson Phillips and Hold On. Today's best, best music. Bourbon is... Got a great song to play next. Basically, it's the best summer song of the year. It is a great tune. Former here for 40 UK number one. And I'll play that next. Yeah. Wow. Birmingham's B-R-B. <laughs> so it's easily oh done and, and Wilson Phillips as well I know great well done oh my god a song JB knows he said Wilson Phillips oh, <laughs> but, uh, oh well I, done. I remember it from um, Bridesmaids great, great film great film also I thought one more time just to show a bit of solidarity solidarity with your mate James Haskell JB yeah put those headphones in okay here we go so there's a little app I've found that you can re- you can recreate what... It- so before you have a pop at James Haskell... That's right, so connecting up now. So just count to... Oh, no, you do. Count to ten, JB. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're this right. is... Oh, my God, you're really good. This is so, a- no, no, JB, JB, this tell, is horrible. Tell me what your thoughts are on Tokich's win yesterday. Um... I can't do this. <laughs> I, I genuinely can't do it. Try, try, try. Go on. Okay. Talk, talk, talk um, about the win. Talk about your. This is so number. confusing. You but you're, you're doing it. I can't believe how well you're doing it. <laughs> so yesterday we played against. Oh Heaton no no Moore. no! You need to stop now. This isn't on. <laughs> you're, you're actually doing it. <laughs> Phil. Oh no! Don't ask me to do this. We may have found a. We may have found a, a television genius. How is it not <laughs> affecting you, JB? Oh, you got to remember, Tim. I don't listen to anyone. <laughs> Even yourself. I don't listen. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty. It is horrible, though. I can tell I you can't that do much. It. Like you're too, you're appra- if I was in a pressure situation and I had to talk, I can see why you get that horribly wrong. Yeah, I really can. Because especially doing live TV is high pressure anyway. God. Doing anything like that live. That's that's the biggest difference between radio and television. Um, is Radio, you do like a bad link or whatever, and then you you just go, oh, do you know what? That was rubbish. I'll do a better one in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Telly, it's like right, you got a minute, it, go. It better be absolutely on the money. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Do you like knocking rocks? What? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I was. I thought James Haskell had either been on uh, the 
the Twickenham Hospitality wine during the game before that, or he was in need of some urgent, urgent medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that you've actually uh, explained what was going on there, too. Yeah, anyway, it's, it, it is hard. And uh, the one time it's happened to me is when I was... Um, I've, I've been doing an interview, and it's gone out on the stadium sound system, so you're hearing yourself, like, a, se- a second late, and oh. it's, uh, it plays with your head. But, JB, it didn't affect you at all. Very good, mate. Like I say, there is, there is a certain advantage of not listening to, to anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the game, at the big game at Twickenham? Do should we start with some of the other action? Should we start with the very end of the England no, game? I think that should be at the very, very end. Because actually, it's an interesting talking it, point, but I don't think it makes a big difference. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe let's head this off then, because, and we won't have a long conversation about it, because I think it has been the um, big. It's been the biggest talking point... In the wake of the game, yeah, single biggest focus after a hundred percent. So let's so let's not let's chalk it off. Well, okay. So there's no way I'm not having a long conversation about it because I just know when we start talking, <laughs> it, will go, it will go that way. Contentious tackling, yeah. it's going to go. It's going to go that way, right? <laughs> so there's two things, isn't there? There is. Is this a act of foul play? Undoubtedly, yes. Does it make a difference to the game? No, because it's sort of like the old MMA thing, which is don't leave it to the judges. If your game rests on Angus Gardner making a decision your way or not, and he doesn't go your way, you know, you've not done enough to win anyway. You know, why is that any more important than the missed kick by by Pollard? So I agree with that. And it's, I was listening to a very good, uh, it was an economist podcast with James Comey, the FBI director, uh, in the wake of the um, Hillary Trump issue, the um, election campaign, where he was getting blamed as the single point of failure by both sides. Yes. By both Trump supporters and Hillary supporters. And he was comparing it to uh, football games because it was during the World Cup when this came on. And he was saying fans will either, they will find a single point of failure, which in football, as with rugby, is either a penalty kick uh, so it's, it's either a missed opportunity, a failure by a goalkeeper, or a single bad refereeing decision. Mm. But people look for those simple points of single points of failure because it's much easier to blame one individual thing than look at the entirety of an eighty-minute or ninety-minute game and, exactly. and do some proper analysis. And the Springboks had multiple times. I think it was more than ten times from what I read this morning. Ten times in England's twenty-two. Point scoring opportunities where they coughed up the ball cheaply. Exactly right. Look at that rather than this single issue. Oh, f- do you know what? That is vintage Phil right there. He brought in a reference from a complete out of left field, works perfectly, and hit the nail squarely on the head. Absolutely agree. With that said, I am a bit surprised that it wasn't a penalty, at least a penalty. It was 100% given, a penalty. Given the, the way. And I, it's interesting, actually, because I've not seen a tackle quite like this analysed previously. So if we are going to focus on the tackle, the initial contact, there was no arms. There was and no. that initial contact and all the stills, it was a, a shoulder forward. That's where the contact. Then, interestingly, after that, Owen does, once uh, Esther Hazen is spinning backwards, he does then brings his arms up. And I don't... I couldn't think of any other tackle that was similar to that. Normally you get the no arms, but the arms completely stay down. Or you get some, a big shot like David Halifanua on, I think it was Corey Allen a couple of years ago, where he put a big tackle in, 
and Corey Allen was flying back before he had a chance to close his arms. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was similar. I think the difference with, with Owen Farrell and where I kind of can see what Angus Gardner was thinking, I was surprised it wasn't a penalty. I think I think I um I would put it down like sixty five to thirty five penalty not penalty or let the boys play that I would have expected. Yeah. I think one of the mitigating factors here is we've just come off the back of an incredibly um pernickety European Cup couple of weeks where the way it's been officiated in the Northern Hemisphere so far this season is really, really stringent. Whether you agree with that or don't, that's how it has been. Whereas Southern Hemisphere I think is probably a bit looser and hasn't caught up with that yet. And we all we want is consistency, as we've yep. said many, many times. But what I will say on the Owen Farrell tackle is actually when you look at the body position he was in, um, he, he was tackling Esther Hazen in, in quite an awkward position where Owen Farrell wasn't stood square to him as he was tackling. He was stood like on a weird sort of 45 degree angle. So I don't think it was possible for Owen Farrell to have wrapped his right hand nah. because, because Esther Hazen, the point at which he came into him and then I would say and I think what the referee has seen is the, they bounced away from each other yeah. and Owen Farrell is moving his arms then together arms. And, and the one the final sorry I don't want to go on but the one phrase I, I will say that I hate so much that was all over Twitter an angry mob of people saying he led with his shoulder <laughs> can we just end that as a phrase because every single tackle that has ever been made every player leads with their shoulder yeah, <laughs> except for I used to play with a guy in school who was Chinese. He used to lead uh, with his feet. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. playing football? No, this was this was in rugby. Ooh. Quite an amazing thing to watch. Um, <laughs> now, yes, um, I agree with with all that. Um, his shot was reckless, you know, in the textbook de- definition because it just was the, the shoulder was low, and I actually think the shoulder was go. shoulder was low. Sorry, arm was low. Um, Arm was low. Yeah. And I actually think this speaks to a wider issue with Owen Farrell, which is I think he is reckless. I think his defence is reckless. And for all the talk about what makes him a great leader, this, that, and the other, 90% of his game is great. I think he has serious issues, almost anger issues in defence. And it, this is why he misses tackles, because he's always, always looking for a big shot rather well, than just taking the guy down. Well, yeah, on, on that one. So he actually. There was a relatively flat defensive line as Estherson came back carrying the ball. Uh, Owen Farrell shot but accelerated those three lines, three steps into it, which make it made it a more. I'll use the word reckless. So I'm not quite sure, but it was. It took some control out of Farrell's side, but also created a dogleg in the line. Yeah. So it was in terms of a defensive positioning, it was actually quite reckless because if he misses that tackle, there is then a, a, a massive dogleg. And big gaps around yeah. him. I think I think he loses his head. It's in, it is interesting. Uh, what I would say is um, that people like Brian O'Driscoll were saying that's fine. I mean, yeah. people that have played at the very highest level, there was a bunch of them as well. Just going, what? What's all the fuss? This is he, he made a he made a it was a big collision. He he was wrapping his arms afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of people that were suggesting this should be cited. I don't know what law they're trying to apply to suggest there was a potential red card there. Maybe a penalty, yes. It's definitely a penalty. Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can, I can be, see a penalty. Yeah, I can see. There's, no red, there's no red card offence. No. Probably on yours, Tib. I, I think two-thirds, one-third, penalty, no penalty. Yeah. Uh, for where I am. I, I probably would have given it a penalty, but I can I can see the argument I both de- sides. I would hun- I, the more I look at it, the more I think there is just no legality in that tackle. My point is, if you look at Twitter, you think that Owen Farrell needs to miss the rest of the autumn, according to some yeah, people. There's an easy, and, and but there's there's an easy way what? to fix that, isn't there? 
Don't look at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enough. Well, I keep saying <laughs> it. I'm, I keep saying it. I'm going to start some, coming off a bit more. Some of the stills as well. I hope you're saying proof, yeah. proof that this is a, a red card tackle when it's a still, like any still of any action you can find uh, a penalty worthy for so, it. Which president was it that said, oh, there are lies, damn lies and statistics? You can always find something which backs up your argument. Yeah. Mm. Confirmation so, bias can, can in action. This, this question about Owen Farrell. Do you think that his negatives in defence outweigh his positives given the competition at, at 10? No. Uh, wait, I, I, wait. I, don't, I don't see his negatives in defence the way you see it. I think there's a narrative where you've been talking about Owen Farrell's defence at inside centre yeah. for some time, and so so. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's bad. I think he's a solid. No, no it, one's going to get easy aggressive. yards down down the ten channel, well, like like they would more so. I just think he's. If I was planning against England, I'd be baiting Owen Farrell to jump to jump oh, on the line. Totally. That's oh, what yeah. I'd be doing. Whereas yeah. that wouldn't happen with Danny Cipriani or George Ford. No, no. But what might happen is slightly different. You'd have to run over them. Yeah, yeah. D- which would get be a lot easier. Yeah. Dwayne Vermaelen. If it was Ford or Cipriani in that ten channel, then Vermaelen would have been running over him all day long. Yeah, that would is, have been there. Yeah, that's yeah. Good point, actually. So I, I think Owen Farrell still for me is still, if not the first name on the, the team sheet, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, mm. uh, comfortably. So. Having said we're not going to focus too much on it, we have yes. focused quite a lot on that. Yes, so let's, let's move talk on about from some that. of the other stuff because the, the start of this game, in particular the first half, South Africa was so utterly dominant and went in at half time uh, with a two point lead. Despite England having uh, a reduced, they had Itoji, one of the best players on the pitch, in the, the Simbin for 10 minutes, and England during that phase came away with a 3-0 lead for that 10 minutes. Mm. So what exactly happened with South Africa having so much territory, so much possession, conceding very, very few penalties, England conceding loads of penalties, and yet South Africa couldn't quite capitalise on it? You, you've said this before, and you put it beautifully, and I, and I was watching yesterday, and your words were ringing in my head, where you said that sometimes when you go for the jugular, as South Africa did when Itoji was in the bin, kicked to the corner tried for the rumble, ballsed up the line out. Uh, it's like a, a gambler chasing their lo- chasing their losses. Yeah, playing on tilt. Playing on tilt, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what happened because th- maybe the second or the third time you think, hold on a minute, let's just take three. Let's get something out of this because this is going to be a tight game. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're at Twickenham in, in an international. And they didn't. They just. It, I think it was compound errors. They Missing the first line out meant made it more likely they'd go for the second and the third and the fourth and Malcolm Marks had an absolute shocker. Yeah. Of of all the people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Their their line out was definitely a contributing factor to the the first half, getting all of that opportunity and not converting it. Well I you know, I'd say this, which is when I was watching the game, even when South Africa were going forward, I just felt like they were going to get turned over at some point or knock it on or they just didn't have have the composure, so they did all the hard work getting into Get, dangerous positions. Yes, yeah. and then they just threw it away. I'm not and sure. I'm not sure. Was there? I, I don't remember. I'm sure there must have been several, but I don't remember seeing a single jackal turnover for England. I don't in remember, the whole game. I don't remember that. I know South Africa had a ridiculously few amount because they were because they were getting over the game line so easily. Well, they were getting up until the 22, like you just said yeah. there, Jade. From their own kind of 10 metre line up to. Inside England's 22, they were just putting tackles at will, making comfortable yards. And then as soon as they got into the, last, the 22, it's probably an element of kind of repeat mistakes and panicking, uh, the playing on tilt side that you mentioned before, Tim. 
And I would give England some credit that because their def- the defensive shift was poor outside the twenty-two, but as soon as they got in the twenty-two, England really switched on, and and mm. uh, some of the players really stepped up, particularly the pack. Yeah, uh, and I would also nod to Benny Teo, who mm. so many people have mentioned the he twenty-eight minutes of rugby hammered someone. He he did it. He put in some big shots multiple and times. Th- I think his one of his best interventions was when England kicked it down, kicked it downfield. South Africa tried to play out, and you're thinking, "There's a break on, break on here," and just out of nowhere, Bento, Bento man yeah. and ball, bang! Yeah, it was very, 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 very good hit. George Cruz was excellent. George Cruz was excellent. Mark Wilson was outstanding. Mark, yeah, Mark Wilson. Uh, yeah. was super. What happens with him though going forward? Did he move to seven? So when Mercer came on, Curry went off, didn't he? Yeah, he was injured, and, and he went to Wilson went to seven. So I think he's one of those who can play genuinely play six, seven, and eight. So. He's a good, op- he's a brilliant option for a World Cup. If everyone's fit, he's not in the starting team, but he might sneak onto the bench because of well, the versatility. Well, who who is England's starting seven though? Curry, Curry. And you think that he is the out? He should be the. Well, starting he seven. was in South Africa, and he is now. Um, so that, that that's the way it's going. Well, I, it, I'm all right yeah. with that. When you look at the balance, when you say when you work, as we talked before, it's about balance. But in the back row, one person who I don't think covered themselves in in much glory, comparatively, uh, Brad Shields. I don't think he justified the... Uh, I mean, but it's early days and Eddie Jones has shown that he will stick with players and I'm sure he'll come good, but he well, has... Well, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> he ha- like uh, Nick Zikwe. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got more, I've got more. Big Luth. Big, yeah, Big Luth. Bearing in mind how little rugby he's played this season, I don't think he justified the selection. He's simply not the answer, is he? So I actually thought, looking at Shields, I thought he had a solid game. I think... The the immediate thing that you will remember is the missed opportunity where he spilt the ball five metres away from uh, South Africa's line. But taking that out of the equation, I thought he worked hard hitting rooks, making tackles, although he, he didn't have as good a game as someone like Wilson. Mm. But I, I didn't think he had a bad game at all. So uh, just a little in- interesting one. I interviewed John, John O'Ross in, in, the, in the Shark Tank for the Gallagher Cup game. Yeah. Uh, and I introduced um, John O'Ross as the best six in the Premiership. And his immediate retort was, what, Brad Shields? <laughs> Which I found very, very amusing. <laughs> oh, well, there's maybe a little insight right there. Isn't there just? Uh, yeah. I, the worrying part of this performance for me, specifically for England, uh, is that when they did break loose, it was from a little bit of genius from, from Owen Farrell. The little offload to, it was it Slade, and then he offloaded again, and it looked really nice. England aren't creating chances through their systems, and the same goes for South Africa too. Now, South Africa are a little bit different to England because they are just so enormous. It seems to me that they can get away with sheer physicality. England aren't quite there. Well, to and be f- they're not attacking well. To be fair, they didn't. Well, it's not that they're not attacking well. It's that not that they weren't attacking for large for the majority of that game. They weren't yeah, trying. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, Ben Youngs's box kicking game was actually really good, but um, they weren't they weren't really trying and. When it did open up a little bit, they're not going to beat the All Blacks playing like that. They're going to have no. to. They're going to have to go for the jugular, try and score four or five tries to, they, to beat New Zealand. Did you feel they looked like sort of similar teams? These two. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, and the, the stats probably do bear that out. If you look at the the back line and the, the forward line, in terms of player stats, mm. they were broadly similar. The forwards didn't make many meters. They did big shifts uh, defensively. 
the backs made some meters, but it was kind of sporadic, and they didn't yeah. get too many opportunities. You, you think like, like big carrying center. You got Tio, you got Diolande, you got a really exciting back three. Both of them have. Yeah, you, you got, and I just think South Africa are a better version. Even though they lost, they are a better version of, of England. I think going forward. South Africa have got the potential to win to win the World Cup. In fact, I think a couple more years, well, a couple more months together until the World Cup, we're on 11 months now, or on the 12-month countdown, yep. they're going to be a formidable team. Well, I don't think England can do that. Well, let's talk about England. So what changes would you make from the team that started against South Africa to the team that will start against New Zealand? Of what of the available options that yeah. he has? has oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Who's in, anyone in the back row that I can pick? Just give me the names. Um, what, you, to, you, you, to could pick, you could pick Underhill to yeah, come him, in. Him, him done. Uh, uh, anyone ahead of, of Curry's? Ahead of Curry's? Uh, no, ahead of Shields. So you put a, a seven. Uh, or you yeah. could or you could put Mercer to eight and Wilson on, Wilson at six. Um, or you could put Mercer at six because he plays there with... Or you could put Mercer at Wilson six. Wilson starts. Or you could bring Michael Rhodes in. Curry starts. You could bring... Rhodes, someone like Rhodes. I mean, basically, I'm just saying, I think Brad Shields shouldn't play the next test. That's that, that. That's what I'm saying. He's just not ready for it. I think that they are missing in terms of the balance of the back row. I think they are, and in terms of trying to develop that attacking play, which you're going to have to show against New Zealand as well as putting in a lot of work. I think they are missing a bit of a link man. Um, it, it something Rob Shaw provides uh, has provided for England over over those years is someone who can actually offload the ball and pop it into space. Um, create space for other people which I think you're going to need to do so I, I would actually I think they're a really industrious back row unit that were out there against South Africa I think that will get found out against New Zealand and for that reason I might go Mercer into the back row yeah, yeah. Some, of, some of the skills and because uh. you, you can get that link play from someone else so someone like uh, Marco Vanapolo is actually surprisingly good mm. he's got very good hands and distributing and, and Saracen's using well for that so maybe someone like uh, Jamie George coming in, who also has that that bit of handling skill and bit I of flair. Think, I do. You know what, I'd start with Harry Williams rather than Sinclair. I think. Oh, I think Ben Moon's played himself into a start. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this, he did shore up. And also, when you bring on those other boys, Hepburn and uh, Sinclair li- later on, they just make bigger impacts. I, I think they've got. I think they've got it the wrong way around there. Uh, other than that, I think I'd keep everything the same. How? How? I mean, how do you change it? So it's it was interesting watching. So if you look at the four tests, the England's attacking performance was best in Test One and Two. Mm. They scored way more points, and certainly in the first half an hour or first half of those two tests, they were almost scoring tries at will. They were really free flowing, and I put that down probably to the having the Ford Farrell access to get the best of the guys outside them. But they also, in those tests, conceded far more points. So do you go for a more solid position, which is uh, the kind of Farrell at 10 with probably Tio and Slade? Um, or do you go for, no, we're going to have to, we know we're going to have to, as you said before, against New Zealand, we know we're going to have to score more points. So do we go for the, the Ford Farrell access? I think they're going to try and draw him into an arm wrestle. Well, I, th- I think that's, that's the way how, they're going to go. That is how South Africa beat them. South Africa, yeah. South Africa brought them into an arm wrestle and then took every opportunity they had, every half chance to score. South Africa to took them. That's how they beat them in the the rugby championship. For, for that, I wonder. So one other area, I'd keep everything the same except I'd I'd probably change one in the back row, maybe Mercer for Shields. Um, what I would do in the in the back line is consider Mike Brown in that back three. Yeah, 
I think they really missed him. I think going forward, Daly adds more. I think positionally and territory-wise, because especially in that first half where South Africa had so much possession and territory, part of it was down to the easy metres they made through the middle with their big runners, and part of it was down to some very intelligent kicking by Pollard to exploit the space that Daly being a yard to one side when he should be a yard to the other uh, allowed him. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, I can't see many changes coming. I think they'd, they'd I, probably be wise to stick as it is. I don't think there will be many changes. I think Apparently Manu will be fit for New Zealand, though. <laughs> well, fit to get selected for New Zealand until he then pulls out two days before. Oh. Death, taxes, and Malitu Lange's groin having a strain. Poor, poor yeah. Man. We've said it so many times. So many coaches have relied on Manu and it's failed. Uh, it is England are in an unusual position where they have a near like for like replacement mm. in Bentio. There's not many teams yeah. that, that have got that. I mean, in terms of try, try to think of like for like centres in the world, maybe Lange. Laumapi, yeah, New Zealand. Dialande definitely is a good carrier. Oh, um, the French fella as well, Bastero. Uh, different level, mate. Dif- <laughs> different, different gravy. Different gravy there. <laughs> um, no, what's, it, you, uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, Stefansay Centre. Oh yeah, Jonathan Dante. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, of course Brad Barrett, who would be my starter every day of the week. <laughs> he's not quite like for like. Not quite. He's not. He can do the hard yards. He's probably got a better, better distribution, and his defence is magnificent. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think we should praise England for having a lot of dog. Um, we sh- we should also be under no illusions that that was a game South Africa lost more than England won. Yes, uh, I, I, I would say, agree. I would say so. Although it was encouraging to see the turnaround in England first half to second half. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, first half, that first half performance. Um, Ollie Poole on our Fantasy Rugby Draft group, WhatsApp group, said it, and it was exactly what I was thinking, which was that first half was so reminiscent of the Wasps-Leinster game uh, yeah. a few weeks ago, where it, I think it was only one or possibly two tries um, to, to nil at half-time, and Wasps were very much still in it, but then the floodgates just opened because Wasps had been absolutely uh, destroyed. They've been exhausted by that constant Leicester... Le- Leinster barrage I thought that was going to happen to England and that if did, England and, hadn't changed at half time it yeah, would have done and that did happen in those first two tests in South Africa as well in the second half um, as you as you mentioned but the, I suppose the difference is, is that they were altitude and maybe we have seen in the last two games against South Africa that actually altitude was a really big factor in those two defeats But Poss- yeah possibly anyway let us know what you think at Rugby Podcast tweet get into the Twitter cesspit yeah. <laughs> Tell me this, Tim. Did he work this weekend? No. Have you been to any, not in any Gallagher Cup? None. Uh, well, I went to a, a, a Gallagher Cup game. Uh, so, Premiership, uh, the Premiership Rugby Cup. Or whatever it is. Um, oh, the draw. Yes. 15-15 draw. Uh, yeah, it's the 15-15 draw. Uh, so, one real thing of note, and I can't say his name, someone's going to have to help me, Joel Kapoku. Kapoku. Is a monster. He's a big boy, isn't he? He is bloody enormous. Like, he's he is enormous. That yeah. that is uh, my scouting report done. Like, <laughs> and I, I, you know, he's already too good for the level that that he's playing at. Some some bona fide journalism right here. As a second source, JB, I can confirm from seeing him last weekend. Yeah. Uh, Joel Kapoku is a monster. Oh my word! Saracens <laughs> are gifted at lock. I mean, if this boy continues to improve... He's got a twin brother as well, Jonathan. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jonathan. And, and what's he doing with himself? He's in Saracens Academy. Is he? Oh, wow. How on? So he must be the same age. Obviously, he's a twin. Same age, yeah. So, like, <laughs> what position? 
Uh, he's lock. He's lock as well. well. Yeah, if he's if he's going to be a twin, so Kapoko is listed at. 100, oh, I um, hope I hope it's not. Hope it's not like the Warburtons. He's listed at six foot six and one hundred and twenty six kg. So nineteen and a half stone. Yeah, uh, nineteen years away. So I thought 19, he was yeah. going to be a little bit more of a build, like a bit more of a plodder, and he's not. He is. He's not quite the the athletic sprinter that um that that some of these locks are. He is a bit more in the old school mold yeah. actually. Well, if if you're that big, yeah, yeah, that yeah, so uh, one to, one to watch, yeah, a, uh, c- coming to a European match near you soon. <laughs> um, so, and the other thing uh, I'm going to mention as well is I got to meet Sales' new fly half and uh, in and interview him as well. He's on loan. Oh, Rob, Rob Dupria, who again is another enormous man. Like I met him, I, I didn't realize it was a fly half. I thought he was he was like a number six, big boy. Now I'm sure he's probably only listed at like six two or something, but it felt like he's about six four. Uh, well, so he, is is he the one whose brother? Because he he played for the Sharks in That's South right, Africa. Yeah. Whose brothers are back row? He's got twin ham. Now, did he say he has twin brothers or he it is his twin brother? I'm not sure. Uh, okay. So, but it's one of the two. Yeah, uh, he is a big lad. Yeah. So they. they so did, did he play? No. No, no, no. He just, was just. He literally landed that day. Was wandering wandering around the ground. We interviewed him in the uh, in the in the shark tank. So that was all all good fun. There you go. Um, shall we touch on some of the other autumn internationals? Yeah. Well, don't want to talk about Gallagher Cup? No. Okay. Uh, I've not I've not seen much of it. I've, I've kind of seen a few of the squads, but let's focus on autumn internationals. Are you sure that's what the people want? <laughs> Which one? Uh, let's go, let's I, go to the well, Principality Stadium. Yeah. So, this, <coughs> this is 21-10, Wales versus Scotland. Yeah. It was it's interesting teams... So all of the players who play in their respective na- nations were available. Yep. And the the handful that play for each who don't play in their respective Nathan uh, nations, so the likes of Finn Russell, for example, yep. uh, Greg Laidlaw, weren't available. Um, and it was, a, from what I've seen, because I was watching the England game, from what I've seen, it seemed like a comfortable, in the end, Wales win with a couple of good tries the North and uh, Davis try were both very, very well taken. And that seems like two guys who have had issues, injury issues over the past couple of years, but they both brilliantly finished. George North ran through about three or four players. And Jonathan Davis, if there's any debate over the Davis-Hugh Jones, uh, who's the better outside centre? It's over. That, that, well, no. that, was a, that was a big mark for Jonathan <laughs> Davis. He took a, an inside then outside line, fend, gas the 30 metres. Wales the post. Very, very, very good. Now, you boys we, are going to talk among yourselves. Do we so need to, I was going to say, do we need to pause? What's going on? No, I'm going to get a Georgia. You guys, you guys so, All right, well, I'll tell you what. The, what. the one thing from this game I want to mention had nothing to do with the game itself. Um, the absolutely mind-blowing courageousness that Doddy Weir continues to show. Love it. The, the, to confront these sort of situations every single time with the same optimism and positivity when faced with a terminal a terminal illness that there is no cure for, um, it, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Um, the guy is, is incredible. He, and he's a legend, isn't he? He really... He's superb. It's... I, yeah. He's a better man than 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 I am, or frankly anyone I know is. To, to the the way he's conducted himself and dealt with it, and uh, rightly taking centre stage, and still cracking jokes and yeah, and everything. I I, I just I, I don't want to sound patronising when I say that, but it's uh, it's pretty mesmerising the the bloke that he's. Yeah, he is sensational. 
And that it is um the Doddy Weir story is bigger than rugby as well. It's uh it's incredible inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh just back to this game, do you actually think it was worth playing in in, in the end? Um after all Well, the, well yeah, yeah. Wales we went... made over two million pounds and Scotland made a million quid, so yeah, <laughs> totally, so, uh, totally worth it. Yeah, I I was trying to some gents who talk about uh, Scottish Scottish rugby and they made basically the same point, which is that Scotland have got a lot of big name players who are out of contract towards the end of the year. This game alone could probably keep a couple of the, a couple of those players in Scotland. Yeah. Well, so, great. Well, view, good. Let's have let's have more of them then. Have one every week. That's a great <laughs> idea. Well, how how big does it how, get rid of the Pro 14 and just have Wales v Scotland? That's a, how, so how many games would they need? They need a squad of 20 23? 23. 23 internationals a year. Yeah, big contract, a million pounds a game, million no, pound contract. No, I'm not. Let, let, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, let, I'm not having that. Let's let's at least. I, I can. I understand money is important, and you've got to pay wages and all the rest of it. But let's not like be so one-eyed that just because you're a you're Scottish or you're a Scotland fan, you you start to justify this away as something which is great. It's 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 a farce that this game's been played. Yeah, look, it should have been against. Different should opposition. never. Yeah, should never have happened. Um, f- but fine, it has. Great, good. You've made some cash. Well done. We've maybe learnt a couple things about this side. One thing we did learn is Wales's defence is immense. Yeah, well, they are. I mean, they're very understated team Wales, which is weird for you know that like that country, which is either you know uh, you know at the precipice of greatness or you know deep in a valley of sorrow <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but no, they they look really re- really good. They're rounding n- nicely. They've got an underrated back row which consists of a lion uh, in Tipperick, who they don't even talk about anymore because they've got such riches at back. back he was row. so good. You know, so uh, I, I kind of think if you want something done occasionally very, very well, but you also want it done in a very fragile manner, Wales are, are your team because occasionally they are absolutely amazing, but I just don't think there's any substance to it. I think they'd fold against, um, kind of like they did in Six Nations uh, um, against England. They don't have, I don't know, that sort of grit. Well, yeah, but hold on, that, that was a Scotland team that what we've seen of them in the last couple of years is real a real willingness and ability to attack from anywhere yes, and agreed. they did not break Wales down at all yeah like, I kind of think that once you get on top of Wales you really get on on top of them like I don't, I don't think it's like I don't think they're going to do na- n- many many la- many narrow losses let's put it that way well even think about the Wales Scotland game in the Six Nations earlier in the year and Scotland carved them up on a few occasions and yeah. they didn't get I mean, the Wales, the Welsh red wall in defence is looking mighty good, and, and it is an impressive sight in the Millennium Stadium too. Principality, I mean, oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. But we should have more people getting banned um, from drinking. Oh yes, have you heard the story? I know, it's outrage, out, out, outrage, ometer, um, outrage bell. <laughs> that should be the outrage bell from yeah, now the outrage on. Bell. So this, um, this one has passed me by. Go on. So, the Principality Stadium have opened up a section of seats, 4,000, which are teetotal. Fine, if you want to do that, fine. But let's not make a bigger story out of, uh, a bigger story out of this. So, the narrative is, there's too many people drinking in rugby games, and then you find, somehow, somehow they've found these morons to just talk as if they're under threat. So there's some person I've quoted in the Times which said, said that they, they want to go to rugby with their family, but they want a welcoming and safe environment. Yeah, I can read the quote to you if you want. <laughs> oh, please. I don't think the ban goes far enough. 
I'd like to see every rugby ground introduce alcohol-free sections where it's safe and welcoming for families especially. I hate these people. I hate them with, oh all, with all my heart. With have all you, my heart. Have you ever not felt safe and welcome in a rugby game? I would sooner ban kids stadium. from rugby stadiums than ban alcohol. Let, let's, just, <laughs> let's just remember, this is... Uh, this is a sport where you are as likely to sit next to someone who supports the opposition as you are a child or yeah. whatever at, at a game. Um, and all I've ever known is the the amazing thing about rugby clubs and rugby crowds is they do drink a lot. Absolutely. Yep. And you talk about wanting to make money. Man alive, yeah, yeah. you'll need a whole lot more Wales v Scotland games if you want to get rid of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. um, but no matter how much people enjoy quote-unquote their afternoon and a lot of them do quote-unquote enjoy it a lot yeah Yeah, absolutely Um, it's always well-spirited and there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It, it, highly spirited, highly spirited, and but it never seems to. Well, I'm sure it can. So not. Well, ne- I won't sure. say never, but it, it seems to always never. It seems to not cross a line. Yeah, look, you got eighty thousand people w- watching the game. A lot of people go to Cardiff just to watch the game in Cardiff without going to to, to the game. There will be an idiot somewhere. Of, of course, something will happen. It's like it's like lowering the tackle height means there will be a concussion oh, occasionally. Just, you can't get rid of them. The, the worst part is they've given like. If you want to have an alcohol-free section in the Millennium Stadium, I, yeah, fine, okay, because maybe you do want to take your kids somewhere. If you're not, if you're not a drinker, and you know, for whatever reason it is, you want an alcohol-free, you know, that's absolutely fine. What I hate with a passion is this person who gave that quote, who somehow, I mean, a safe and welcoming environment. I know. It's all safe. It's all welcoming. I, Just so you don't want to see alcohol, that's fine. I've never known. I've never gone to a rugby stadium that's not been a welcoming atmosphere. Yeah, whether you're in with home fans or away fans or everyone's completely mixed and integrated together, it's always safe and welcoming. You compare that. So I've been to many Premiership football, uh, Premier League football games, and the the there, so there's no drinking. You can't drink within view of the seat. The the away fans are segregated with fences and police cordons, of course. And you, if you watch the away fans in football games and the home fans around them. I remember watching, um, it was Man City-Chelsea a couple of years ago, and there was half of the away fans didn't even look at the game. They spent the whole game Did you know the taunting and jeering, at, like yeah. sticking two fingers up at the Man City fans who were doing exactly the same back to them. Uh, not to get too <laughs> sanctimonious about football, but are you, are you aware of the concept of a bubble game? 
A bubble game? Do you no. know the concept of a bubble game? Bubble game? No. Bubble game is... If you're going on Sounds like something you'd search on uh, an exotic website. <laughs> oh, oh, Tim. <laughs> um, a bubble game is, if you are going to support your team, say Chester and Wrexham do it, I think, right? You have to go to Chester, get on the bus to go to Wrexham, and then you're not allowed to come out out of the Wrexham oh, stadium. Yeah. You've got to get oh, back in the bus. Oh, they do it. Uh, Burnley v Blackburn, Burnley they do Blackburn that. Yeah. Is another one. And Burnley Blackburn, uh, well, I used to be a season ticket holder at... Uh, Oh, Blackburn, but that is another story altogether. Did you? Wow! Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, that's a different story. All, uh, <laughs> give us the give us the abridged version. Come on! How did you become a Blackburn <laughs> season ticket holder? I've, I've moved on that portion of my life. Um, and uh, yeah, they actually park the buses like nose like like end to end, nose to nose. So you, the the buses are what actually separates the fans. So yeah. in the end, you get bottles flying over and all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah. Maybe take your kids to that. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back to a, a rugby game and, and appreciate the self and wa- safe and welcoming environment you, uh, well, you have. You know, Absolutely. Fo- fo- one thing we can learn from football is they have football banning orders. I would like to have a rugby banning order for that person. <laughs> That's what I like. I, he, I bet he was uh, putting pressure on the, the Waitrose edit, magazine editor to, to, to stand yeah. down. Well, can I just oh, point? yeah. Uh, there, 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 is, there, is, there is a slight distinction here. Uh, the article is actually reporting uh, it's a worthwhile thing to do, is to report about the ban of alcohol. The thing which I'm referring to, my, my anger, is the person who gave that quote. That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the real villain yeah. here. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so if you don't want to... Dr- oh, and here's the hilarious consequence of it. They only managed to sell ha- half the seats. <laughs> For the for the non-alcohol the area, non-alcohol, yeah, or less less than half. <laughs> well, I'm all for this then because you might get some cheap tickets. Oh, yeah. late How doors. How furious would you be if you went to rugby, an international? Hey Tim, I've got a ticket, and we all you know we get on the train, we get there, alcohol-free section. You punch me in the face. No, that, right, we're that, leaving. We're yeah. going to watch it in the pub. I mean, that is road. a genuine way to start violence like, <laughs> in a game. And my, and legitimate, yeah, that legitimate. Is legitimate violence. My friend Tim punched me in the face because I made him go go to a rugby game and he couldn't have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I would take that. I'd, I'd take it. Other results. Well, so so is there anything else we want to say on the, the Wales Scotland? Scotland, Scotland uh, Adam Hastings has been great this season. But, but, uh, it's more than that. No, I want to credit Wales's defence more than saying well, it was a deficiency the, in Scotland. Tries. Did what? Yeah. Sorry, they had two disallowed tries. Scotland. Uh, one of them was an absolutely magnificent attempt, and you know any other day they you know they could have uh, they could have easily have scored that, which is the kick over. I love that. So I'd, I mean, they must have been playing a penalty advantage to, to try <laughs> to, it. To go for it. But it's yeah. like, look, like a little Danny Kerr stabby kick. Uh, two Scotland players go for the ball. In real time, it looks like a try. Even in slow motion, I think I'd be tempted to give the try. Um, I can see why it wasn't, though. Uh, so, yeah, the, the scoreline does skew towards Wales. Obviously, they won. But it could have been a very different game, actually. Yeah. George North scored another try as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's well and truly back. Yes. Isn't he just... It's good to see. Mm. It is. Very good. Um, moving on to other results. So I'll just uh, quickly run through a couple. Uh, Japan beat New Zealand 31. Japan? Six, sorry. Japan lost to New Zealand 31-69. Uh, despite scoring first and scoring a couple of very nice tries, Japan, New Zealand had way, way too much. Way too much with a what was really a, second, a New Zealand second team. Um, Kenya played Ooh. Romania. Now, this is of interest to us. Right, so let me get this right. Kenya, Seven's experts. So, so the repage has begun? No. 
This no. is this is a pre-repechage warm-up game for Kenya. So the final World Cup place is going to be awarded to one of the sides in a round-robin tournament in Marseille over three weekends, starting on the tenth. Start, it starts on the eleventh. Starts yeah. on the eleventh. So next weekend. Next mm-hmm. weekend there'll be a round-robin of games. You'd think the favourites for it will be Kenya and probably the, well, the overwhelming favourites. Canada will be will, will be will most be Canada. like Canada. The one who've got the best history yeah. of. World Cups, but Kenya could could give them an upset. Well, it'd be interesting to see. So Kenya played uh, in Romania against Romania A, so not ah, a full Romania okay. team. I'm not liking where this is going. And Kenya Kenya lost thirty six five to oh. Romania, to Romania. <laughs> okay, A. all right, it's Kenya. Canada's to lose. So it doesn't look especially good. I don't know anything about the game other than that scoreline. Well, Kenya are great at sevens, but yes, it's a lot of red cards. Um, uh, so other than that we had USA versus Maori All Blacks which despite the Maori All Blacks having I think it was three yellow cards including one for a uh, wrestling style or, uh, seen it yeah. wrestling style body slam uh, rock or stone cold style body slam in, sort of three yellow cards they still won by 40 points and very comfortable and was this USA ones? This was USA first first team. Although looking at the team, there's not many players at all that I recognise. Probably because uh, most of them will be contracted yeah. in Europe. Well, I mean, their most important player is out for maybe four or five more weeks yet. Who's so, that? AJ. Ah, so he's going to okay. miss all of the awesome. Obviously, he's just out, just out out of the sling, and probably a little bit more after that too. Well, fortunately oh, for them, they have qualified for the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. Oh, and just one one more AJ fact for you, Phil. One <laughs> personal note for, note for you. Yeah. Sedgley Park defence coach now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Interesting. Good gig. Great gig. One of the pr- prime jobs in all of rugby. Absolutely. Um, um, shall we? And then the other game yeah. that is definitely worth touching on is Ireland in Italy. So the other, well, the bef- other game in before Chicago. Before that, um, also worth mentioning, Jersey beating London Irish. Did they? In the really? championship. Uh, how did uh, London Scottish no, didn't play. This is, this is making up for a game that was cancelled um, earlier in the season. So um, it was that a rest- it more interesting. So, yeah, London Irish have lost Ooh. to Jersey, which does open things up somewhat. Jersey have got a big pack. They're, they're, they're a decent side. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into Ireland, Italy in a moment after I've just reminded you of our wonderful friends at Cornerstone and the brilliant offer they have to deliver to you some mail-order razors that are precision-engineered in German factories. And you know you know how precise they are to a, an incredibly high specification. We absolutely love them and we recommend them to you. And because you listen to us, and only because you listen to us, you get a really, really cool offer. We've been friends with Cornerstone for a long, long time. And so they want to make sure you can get to try what they've got with no obligation, but we think you want to carry on, and for less than the cost of a pint, probably about half the cost of a pint at Twickenham, four quid it costs you to get six razors in a presentation box and with a free aluminium engraved weighty shaft with your initials on. Uh, So get involved, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, cornerstone.co.uk forward slash eggchasers or egg10 checkouts. There you go. Now, would anyone be interested, before we um, go into the Ireland-Italy game, uh, to find out what, what it's been like in Pennyhill Park this week? Yeah. Well, that's fortunate, because down the line, we've got rugby aficionado and host of the England O2 Inside Line podcast, a certain one, Vernon Kay. 
I wouldn't say I'm an aficionado, but I'm learning. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, paint a picture. Where are you right now? You could be anywhere. Yeah, well, uh, ideally, I'd like to say that I'm on a beach in Hawaii, but I'm not. I'm actually in, uh, I'm at Penny Hill Park, and I'm in the gym. I'm where the magic happens. Uh, uh, so around me, I'm just surrounded by uh, gym equipment that the England boys use. And the best thing about this gym is it doesn't smell like a gym. It smells quite fresh. <laughs> I bet there's some serious amount of weight plates knocking around, though. Those yeah, boys... there's a lot of there's a lot of tin. I mean, I'm just going to walk up to the uh, dumbbells, and I think the heaviest dumbbell that we've got in the England camp, I think it's 85 kgs. Wow, what? 75. Yeah, 75 kgs. And I, I've been fortunate enough to uh, be in the gym and witness Joe Marler doing uh, several dumbbell presses with the 75s because he, he he was a beast when he uh, wow. played for England. I mean, he's still a beast, isn't he? He's a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly uh, he's certainly a, um, uh, a big lad. Uh, Vern, I was just wondering, I'm not sure if you've got the best job or the worst job because I imagine <laughs> if England had, had have lost yesterday, your day-to-day would be a lot less comfortable than it currently is. Yeah, I, I've experienced... Uh, the, the highs and the lows with the England team. You know, when you, especially in the O2 Blue Room after a game when we've lost, unfortunately, they come in and those interviews are a lot shorter than the ones uh, that we do after a victory uh, because you can really get a sense that the guys just don't want to be there. Obviously, they've, they've, they've lost all the hard work in the week, hasn't paid off. And I think it's more of a period of recollection, I guess, when, uh, when the team lose. But uh, at the moment, everyone seems in good spirits. We spent some time with Jack Knoll uh, and Mark Wilson this morning. Obviously, Mark had a, a standout performance yesterday yeah. against South Africa. Uh, everyone's in a buoyant mood. Their families are here as well, which is good. It means they're not uh, getting homesick and they're not missing out on daddy duty because some of the lads have got young kids. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, 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 it kind of... I think it's that realm that we all think that we like to live in as a professional sportsman is the highs and lows of sport are what makes it uh, so compelling for us mere mortals to to watch and consume and just enjoy. Vernon, you're also in a, a dead privileged position. You can get a little bit of gossip and behind the scenes uh, chatter. I would love to know, so I'm going to ask you if you know, what song Zach Mercer sang after making his debut. <laughs> you have any idea? I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know, but uh, from from past experience of, of the tunes that the guys have sang and performed, it can't be that good because they've <laughs> had some absolute shockers. From I think Christina Aguilera, uh, we've had uh, uh, what's his name, Justin Bieber. We've had uh, obviously Elvis is up there as well. Uh, your go-to favourites, but I, I, I'll find out actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll find that out because that, that's a good question. He's, he's a young lad, so he might be going down the Drake route or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, but I then think, he... I think he might go down that way. With you know, because AJ, uh, uh, sorry, Anthony and JJ, they're they're into the Drake and all that kind of <laughs> hip hop stuff. So you never know; it might have rubbed off on him. Now on the uh, on the o- on the O2 Inside Line uh, podcast, which is out th- this week, am I right in thinking you've got? Mark Wilson and Jack Noel. Oh, he just yeah, just mentioned you were chatting to them. That's for the podcast, then, was it, Vernon? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was just after them, and, and they're, like, they're all they're all in really good spirits. You know, obviously a few bruises, a few achy bodies, but uh, I think getting that victory against uh, a team that beat us twice in summer was a real uh, a good test, but also a great way to kick off these uh, Quilter Internationals. Now, just sorry. Uh, now, just tell me, um, how was Mark Wilson? This morning, he's good. 
He was good, honest. He, uh, to be honest with you, he was really, really good. He was upbeat. Uh, he had a smile on his face because we chatted him after the ge- after the game in the O2 Blue Room, and I think it was kind of uh, rabbit in the headlights as to you know he just had a game of his life pretty yeah. much on his first uh, start at Twickenham. Only his, I think it was his fifth. Was it his fifth international cap? Um, but yeah, he was over the moon this morning. I think it had time to sink in. He got a bottle of champagne for being man of the match, but it's not been opened, which is good news. <laughs> wow, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> you were... I think you'll save it for the end. <laughs> so I want to know what it's like having that um, having having that showdown with Eddie, Eddie Jones. He's um, he can be in a brilliant way belligerent. Um, he's very much his own man. He shoots from the hips, says exactly what he thinks, and uh, and you you're quite often having those. Those head-to-head one-to-ones, what's he like? Yeah, well, I have those kind of... I get him in a really relaxed environment because I'm kind of... I'm not a kind of, you know, uh, like we said at the beginning, a, a rugby aficionado. I don't really know the rules of the breakdown and, and the complexities of, of the beautiful game of rugby. But we had a really good chat where he actually opened up and we got a real insight into Eddie the man as opposed to Eddie, the rugby coach. And once you realise what kind of person he is off the field and the way that he's been brought up and, uh, you know, his, his parenthood and that kind of stuff, you realise that he's actually a top bloke. And the way he commits himself to achieve a target and a goal, I don't think I've witnessed that with any other sports manager that I've been fortunate enough to meet. I think, you know, people say this, that and the other about the previous uh, Six Nations that we had. Mm. But, it's all about setting his targets and setting his goals towards the World Cup next year in Japan. And I think he's on track. And he's got a good team around him. Uh, and we all know that he runs the lads ragged. But there's a, a reason why he does that. Uh, because, you know, in the past, England have tapered in the last 15, 20 minutes. But now, with everything that Eddie's doing, we're pretty much the same team at the end as we are at the beginning. You know, they're fit as a butcher's dog. I think when, once you sit down with Eddie and you realise what kind of bloke he is, I felt, I, I walked out the interview, uh, the podcast that we did with Eddie, I felt a million dollars. Really? I really did, yeah. Mm. He made me feel a million dollars. And I thought, do you know what? I feel really motivated. And we hadn't spoken anything specifically about me. We just talked about the way he carries himself and the way he sets his targets and his goals and the way he initiates everything. And I thought, bloody hell, I feel great. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Very quickly before before we go, uh, Vernon, uh, do you know what Will Carling did? Well, knowing Will Carlin as well as I know Will Carlin, it could be bloody anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting the beers in. (laughs) Yeah, do you know what? He's got short arms and deep pockets. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a beautiful note to leave it on. Vernon, it's a great insight and a heads up for our listeners. They should definitely go and check out O2 Inside Line to hear more from behind the scenes with the England camp as they prepare for uh, New Zealand, the world champs. Yeah, so, uh, I can't wait. My brother-in-law's a Kiwi and he's going to get absolutely battered if we beat him. <laughs> if. Come if. on. Cheers, chaps. All the best. That was cool. Uh, and one more thing, uh, here is just a little extract from um, the in, the O2 England Inside Line podcast, which is which is excellent. This is you, you won't find this anywhere else. Always remember meeting a, a again a veteran coach when I was just starting out. and He said coaching's like like a piece of string. There's no end to it, and the better you get, and the more success you are, the harder it is. And that's what it's like. I was having a conversation with a couple of our coaches the other day and they said, oh, we're busy. I said, well, you're busy. You never stop being busy. Like, you don't get to the top and then take a rest because there's no (laughs) such thing. 
you know, because someone else is climbing up the hill chasing you. So all the time, the more you do, the more there is to do. And that's the love of coaching. You've got to love doing it. Excellent. You can find the rest of that on the England Rugby Podcast, which we referenced earlier. I love that clip because it just gives you a real insight to how hard they work. And for all the things I have said, and I have said many things, uh, those England coaches do work bloody hard. Coaching's like a piece of string. Because, yeah. it, because it doesn't have an end. It never ends. It is Although, like, which is factually incorrect, isn't on, it? On both counts, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a string, piece of string does have an end, generally. Uh, unless yeah. you loop it round the finite string, who knows? Then um, it, well, no, then it wouldn't be a string. Then it would be a band. Yes, yes. yes. I guess you could tie it. So, at, so actually, he should have said, "Coaching is like a Mobius strip because it doesn't have an end." Yes, Mobius. but then, but then, well, coaching, so what tell, what, uh, like a what? M- M- Mobius, Mobius strip. strip. What's that? It's so if you cut a piece of paper into a strip and then twist it once and connect the ends together. It creates a three-dimensional shape that has only a single side. Oh, wow. Uh, Wow. If that sounded sarcastic, it wasn't. It was was genuinely, (laughs) wow. But even that would be an incorrect analogy because coaching his coaching time will end us. Maybe he meant coaching's (laughs) like string theory. Ooh, interesting. Go on. Well, uh, isn't, isn't string theory basically the theory of infinite universes? It goes on forever. Well, I think string theory is a way of trying to understand the link between the theory of relativity and quantum mechanics. That is correct. Um, although I'm not sure if it's correct, but yeah, it's like the infinite. Uh, it's like but, the infinite monkey cage thing, which is you know, if you there, there are so many different universes that somewhere a monkey has by accident typed out all the words for Shakespeare. Yes, uh, is that a multiverse type theory? Yeah, string theory. Okay. There you go. There you so, go. Eddie Jones, <laughs> coaching is like string theory. And, and the other thing he said, um, I'm sure I've seen it on a on a picture in the gym with like a jetty going out into a lake. You know, when you're climbing, the, keep climbing the mountain because there's always someone chasing you. Oh my word! Oh my word! If there is a um, <laughs> if there is a hashtag that I want to get started, right? I want people to send me pictures of inscriptions on gym walls. Inspirational quotes. Inspirational. On gym, gym walls. Uh, uh, the in in like. You know, that weird little font. Mate, get get out of the Twitter cesspit and get on Instagram. Oh, yeah. It's full yes. of it. Especially Monday morning. Hashtag Monday motivation. Oh, my God. I, I am going to introduce you to uh, the mind coach, Jordan Groves, at some point, Tim. You're going to love it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds right up my street. <laughs> mind coach. Well. Uh, there you go. Shall we preview ne- next week's game? No, whoa, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shall we just um, go giddy at the knees and... You know, have uh, some impure thoughts about the hot stepping ability of Jordan Lama. Oh yes. my god, I can't believe I missed that. Some of his stepping is incredible, uncontrollable, yeah. unpredictable. It's amazing. He has got the step, not maybe quite there with um, Jason Robinson, but it's not far away. No, but the difference is that top end speed. He glides a little bit more as he does it. Yeah. Like Jason Robinson is quite abrupt. Yes, in, uh, abrupt changes. Lama appears to he, he does all the stepping, but it appears more of a graceful glide. He's like, so good. People yeah. don't talk about Jacob Stockdale. <laughs> Stockers, I mean that's how good he is. Well, if he's, he's scoring a hat trick and Stockers didn't even get on the score sheet, then why are we bothering? Talk- who is who, who is, is Stock- Jacob? Yeah, who's exactly. Stockdale? Exactly. Uh, this uh, this game, which uh, 
I mean, great. It's, it's um, spreading the game in the USA. It's a shame it was such a one-sided match from a spectacle point of view. But what I think what it highlighted above all is the guys that really stood up and looked really good for Ireland are, are their backup players. Yeah, Tyke Byrne probably won't be starting at lock, but wow. Yeah, uh, Jordan Lama probably won't be starting in the back three, but wow. Now, do these boys have the All Blacks at some point this year? Yeah, in two weeks' time. Oh, New, so one, New Zealand it? are using England as a as a warm up for Ireland. <laughs> that's right. the, sad, the sad truth of the matter. So here's a question for you: If the World Cup was tomorrow, right? No, no. Let's keep the World Cup exactly where, where, where it is. With the teams as they are building into it, is this the most competitive World Cup we've had ever? Because England, you know, they beat South Africa. I expect South Africa to be maybe second favourites. Ireland, oh, oh, oh no, hang on. Ireland have got to be second favourites. Ireland will be second favourites. But I think South Africa could beat anyone. Well, South Africa have beaten New Zealand in New Zealand. Yeah. Then uh, there's New Zealand, the, an- the finely tuned machine. The answer, I think, is not not ever, no. But but certainly, which, um, certainly it'll be more competitive than 2015. Yeah. I mean, which World Cups had more legitimate teams that could win it? 2007. Who... Which is well, South Engl- Africa. England made Engl- the final. Yeah. France, who beat uh, New Zealand and then lost to England. England only just scraped past a, what was a strong Australia team at the time. And did, so Perhaps what, Ireland weren't quite as good as they are now then. but I remember the 91 World Cup, which was in England, being like there actually being maybe half a dozen teams that were all kind of much of a muchness. England only just narrowly beat France. Australia only very narrowly beat New Zealand. Um because Wales, Wales and Scotland have rounded up. I mean, Scotland are immeasurably better than they were last World Cup. Well, we're going to we're going to arguably the best performing yeah. uh, of the home nations yeah. last time. And we're going to find out over the next two weeks just what that gap, if any, is between New Zealand and the Six Nations sides. It's, yeah, it's, New Zealand, England, which I think it will be a considerable gap. And, and, and New Zealand, Ireland. The, which the I think caveat there needs to be: this is the end of the Southern Hemisphere season. So I don't know whether you take that to be. Is that, yeah, the, is that they're, or... they're together a lot, or the Northern Hemisphere sides are fresher. You could look at it either way, but yeah, it's uh, I, that that game in. It's such a shame for me as an England fan that that game in Dublin is the is the highlight. But that's the one I'm even looking forward to yeah. more than anything. Well, else. Yeah, yes. the, the other the other thing we have not really spoke about is what about France? Because last time we, last time we saw them, they were ridiculously powerful, and they've got so much so much young talent now, particularly at uh, at, uh, at scrum half. I mean, if if they come if they come good. Wow. Yeah. France are, for me, a completely unknown quantity. So they do play South Africa next week, which will be a very good test. And yes. another if you like, arm wrestle. M- big men smashing into big men, which I <laughs> must say I am partial to. This is the game for you. Yeah. France played then Argentina as well, which will be interesting. Yeah. That'll, that'll be a good test for them. It was an absolute beatdown for Ireland. That was a absolute beatdown. So it's 54 7. Yeah, it was it was one way traffic, as you kind of expected, because it was it was a, a second team or certainly part, partial second team for Ireland, well, and it was a partial team? second team for Italy. I was going to say because there's a, a load of players this week playing Pro 14 for Treviso, who I expect to walk into the team. Yeah, it was well, not it was not a full squad at all, no. not even close. Uh, and how did Ulster do? Out of interest. Uh, I just I think who cares this weekend? I with care Pro because, because it, oh no no yeah it's you, Chase's you, Derby, mate. You, you, it was Ulster. You care in terms of points, but who cares? Because Do you know the score. Uh, we lost. Uh, yes, it was ten fifteen. Yeah, Ulster, big win away on the road. That devastated. Absolutely <laughs> devastated. I don't think I'll, I'll get I'll get over get get over that anytime soon. Let's talk about this weekend then. 
let's, so let's pivot to next weekend. So next weekend, before going into the main autumn internationals, I will mention. Uh, so on the eleventh, which is next Sunday, it is the first round of the World Cup repechage. So we are going to the final round. Yes. First round is Hong Kong playing Germany and Canada playing Kenya in each game, one after another, on the Sunday in Marseille. Lovely. Uh, I would suspect, although I don't actually know with any confidence, I suspect that's going to be wins for Germany and Canada. What would be interesting, what did Germany do on Armistice Day every year? Do they have a, a remembrance thing of their own? don't know. So that'll be interesting what they do in France. Oh, yeah, of course. 11th. Between, um, who was playing Germany, did you say? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. So that's kind of a, a, an originally British colony. So they might have a, a relationship with... Yeah. With I mean, Remembrance Day. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just a bit of a geeky thing. I'm a bit of a World War One geek. I'm just interested in what Germany You've seen do. one film? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> what, what does Germany do for Remembrance? Anyway, that'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see you next week uh, on yeah. the 11th. Um, yes, you're right. So... Th- it looks like it's Canada's, so, Canada's I, World Cup spot to I mean, lose. I've got to say, I have not paid as much attention to the, to the Tier 2s as I, I should, hold, should have. Um, do Germany have all their players? Uh, I'm going to go with yes, yeah. although I haven't got confirmation. And do they still have Mike De- Ford? Dennis, Dennis Frank yeah, Mike Ford's is the, the man. Dennis Frank is the man who will be able to tell you that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think they will. Uh, Peter Hansweild will have released all the players, hopefully. So, so they've got a chance. They have all the players... But this is the team that beat Romania two two years ago, and they're coached by Mike Ford. You'd expect them to be pretty decent, Co- competitive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which games are we watching out, out of interest? So the final round is Kenya versus Germany and Hong Kong versus Canada. So assuming that Germany and Canada both win the first round, the the second round is probably going to be the deciding one. So you, it may well be. Can- we're just there for a coronation of yeah. If Perfect. Canada win, Good, we can just watch the we can watch the autumn internationals uh, get get on it on oh, no, it because they're all the games are on Sunday, aren't they? So the games that we're going to are on the Friday. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, spot on. Yeah. So what Perfect. we're doing, great, just so everyone can you know have a, a little view into our lives, into our great lives. Um, <laughs> we are uh, we're flying out. We're going to watch those two games in Marseille. I've then booked I've then booked the table so we can eat in the um, like Bay Harbor uh, uh, Harbor area. Superb. Then we're going to fly out. And we're going to try and recreate... What time are we eating, by the way? Because <laughs> the second game kicks off at half eight. We'll work so it out. We'll only be getting back I, into Marseille by 11pm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I hadn't. Had, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you put like a 7pm table. Yeah, yeah. We're then going to go fly to Rome. And when, with me, uh, me and Tim, we're going to do our best to try and recreate the magic, which was Nice last... Last year, yeah, on the final weekend of. of, of By the way, of I've, I've got a contact at the Italian Rugby Union to try Excellent. and get that sorted. And um, but we're gonna have to like I want to know. Anyway, we're gonna have to make. We're gonna have to watch, all, have to watch all Blacks Island. Yeah, that can't clash. It's not a clash. No, 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 that, that's clash. the week before because we're watching we're all watching Blacks. All Italy. Blacks. Oh, we're watching the All Blacks. We're of course to, we are. We're going to Italy All Blacks. <laughs> we're going to see Italy be the All Blacks. I'm glad, I'm glad you two know exactly yeah. what's going on. <laughs> and then we're flying back just to Nice to go to Monaco. Just leave the organisation to me, chaps. <laughs> yes. I'll sort everything out. All right, fine. You two just show up at Manchester <laughs> Airport on the, the Friday morning. With Tweed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Utterly clueless, all of us. <laughs> um, Come on, then. Right, the rest of the international. So there are a few kind of midweek games... Uh, Canada play Coventry as a warm-up game. Uruguay play Cardiff Blues, followed by playing Ulster a few days later. 
Russia playing Namibia, uh, and then we get into the the main action. So Italy hosts Georgia, which will be a very interesting That's test. That's very interesting. Yeah. So Italy will have a full strength squad out. Yeah. Georgia will be targeting this. Big so time. If Georgia want to uh, compete on the top table, if they want to be considered for a Six Nations spot, which they very much do, a win here, win in Italy, would be amazing for them. Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Scotland-Fiji, which I think we'll see probably the best. Scotland will be f- mostly full strength apart from injured players like Stuart Hogg. If Fiji could have every available player out playing for them, every it's a pretty frightening Fiji team. Fiji qualified player would be even better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, not Fiji. Every, yeah, originally Fiji yeah. qualified player. Including all those who are playing for France or England, like Nathan Hughes and Rocco Aguni. And fucking a singer. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Naya Ravoro. Um, multiple French wingers. Mm. Vakatawa. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Uh, then. So, what else have we got of the lesser games? So, we've got Tonga playing the French Barbarians in Bordeaux. Uh, we have United States playing against Samoa. In San Sebastian. Oh, why don't we go to that one? Which will be interesting. That will be good. Um, Chile play against the South American 15. Uh, Brazil play the Maori All Blacks. And given the Maori All Blacks hammered (laughs) USA with three men down, and given that New Zealand proper have taken a 46-man squad, or certainly took a 46-man squad, it's an even more untried and untested All Black team. But that might still be a huge beatdown for Brazil. And then we're into the proper games. So, England host New Zealand. Uh, Predictions, right? Went. God, you know, I, I'm sort of. I hate. It's weird. I'm sort of erring towards England a little bit. What? What? Well, wow. You. I just think about the losses New Zealand have, right? And I think about all the England teams that have beaten New Zealand. At Twickenham, or run them damn like damn close, and for whatever reason it is, I mean, you know, I, I remember, I even remember like Jamie Noon scoring against New Zealand. <laughs> that that's a thing that happened. Uh, like Johnny May found some absolute magic. I think Stuart Lancaster's team beat beat beat, beat New Zealand. I think the Johnny May magic was in the game that we that England didn't win. But England but always Eng- seems to be. Twenty twelve was the last win at Twickenham. I think. Yeah, that was Manu. Yeah, was it Manu and Brad yeah. Barrett playing yeah. in the centres? Was yeah. it? And they're still the best sense combination now. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, I do expect New Zealand to win, but I don't think it's going to be maybe the points tally that I thought it was going to be against South Africa. When I was, I, was wrong, I was wrong about that too. So, New Zealand, but maybe not by 40, maybe more by 15. Oh, so, so, you, <laughs> so, you're still a bit of a beatdown. So, 15. You said, you, so, you started that prediction with. Uh, I'm favouring England. I'm favouring England now. <laughs> favouring because more, they're yeah, not going to lose by. <laughs> relatively. Because <laughs> yeah, I've got a fairly low opinion of their current setup. But, you know, yeah, 15. I think if they get, if they get within 15, they've done really well. I think, I think the scoreline, you're probably not going to be. I think New Zealand will win this by two tries. Um, yeah. I think if England play anything like what they did in the first half against South Africa, New Zealand won't miss those lineouts. They won't knock on when they get in the 22. They will convert. Or, or they will convert a very high percentage of those opportunities into points. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's a good point. What would have if you gave New Zealand all, all that territory? Oh, it would have all been. It would have been twenty points at half time. 
Yeah, uh, New Zealand would have been up com- comfortably. But I don't think we, I don't think that's going to be the same situation. I just have a feeling England will up their game a bit. New Zealand by nine. Okay. Uh, something like. Oh, no, because I can see New Zealand getting more than... No, I think I think New Zealand will be held... What Here's what I say. I think England, New Zealand are going to be held to around about 30 points, which will actually be a good effort, and England will get one try and a few pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Done. I think you're probably about right. Yeah, 30, 30 points to 18. Something like that. Feels about right to me. Um, I think if England, what England need to do is show the grit and determination that they showed... For extended periods inside their 22 in defence, they need to show that right across the pitch for much longer periods. Uh, if they do that, they can suffocate New Zealand and uh, force them into a difficult position like when New Zealand lost to South Africa over the summer. I don't think that's likely, though. So, yeah, New Zealand by 12 points. Mm. Other games, Wales against Australia. So Wales... who Wales, have Wales. They, they've never beaten them. They've not beaten them for more than 10 years and... More than a dozen attempts. It's got. It's, this has got to be the one. It has you roll to the be. dice enough times. It has to be. If, it, if Wales want to be contenders, this is it. They have to win this. So yeah. Wales are looking decent. They've got a lot of their players available. Australia not particularly impressive during uh, the rugby championship. Um, so yeah, this is the one. Wales. Wales have to win this. Agreed. For the, for the good of Wales, for the for. A mental thing for them going into the World Cup next year. If they've still got this enormous Australian monkey on their backs, uh, and they're in the same pool as Australia, then it's not a good look. Yeah, so, yeah. they have to. Yeah, they they will. They will do it. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think they will. I think they will. I think this will be the one. Um, then we've got uh, Ireland hosting Argentina, which Ireland, will be Argentina. Okay, an interesting. So Ireland have got the uh, the 2015 World Cup monkey on their backs that they've got to get over. God, yeah, I, you forget about that. That, that was game. such a phenomenal performance by uh, by Argentina and such a an underwhelming in difficult circumstances because of multiple injuries, but such an underwhelming performance by Ireland. I think Ireland are going to win comfortably. Agreed. I think a 15 point win for Ireland uh, in Dublin. And we also have France hosting South Africa, which, as you said before, JB, this is going to be lots of big men smashing into lots of big men. Love it. Love it. And it'll be played late at night, I hope, about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock? Uh, 9, nine o'clock Central European time kickoff, so it'll be 5, five past 8. Yes! Uh, English time or British time, GMT I'll time. I'll be getting nice and no. drunk at yeah. that point in Talk H, but man. <laughs> Perfect. So you time. can really enjoy it. Yeah. And I can chew everyone's ear off about, you know, what they're doing and, you know, collisions and that sort of thing. <laughs> now, I actually think so. France, if France are going to win the Six Nations like you have predicted, JB, mm-hmm. uh, France need to win. I yeah. actually think France are going to get a bit of a beatdown. It's I hard think to say, isn't it? South Africa will bounce back. They will get Faf and Willie LaRue. Do they? Uh, yeah. it, was only it, for this, it was only for this first weekend, which was outside of the, oh, right, the World Rugby test window. I so had a feeling, you know. I had a feeling that they weren't going to take those players. I thought they had a deal. No. I, th- I think, yeah, as far as I'm aware, they're available in camp. Right, there you go. Uh, Vincent Cock, Kosh Cock, for example, who played mm. against Sale. Uh, because of a shortage of uh, tight head, he'll be available. They, they signed some Hurricanes prop. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't know, don't know much about him. No. So, 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think France need this. South Africa probably need this even more. So I think I think South Africa are going to win. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Well, that, that's probably my pick. Mm. England, New Zealand. England, New Zealand. No, I prefer to watch France, South Africa. The closer game will be France, South Africa, with Nigel Owens officiating as well. That'll be a good game. Oh, he's going to really let the boys play. Game. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. There you go. There we are. And there are some Premiership Cup matches. Um, they are happening, yes. They are happening. I'll be at Leicester and Wasps. Oh, nice. So, so uh, yeah. As I see that they're taking their, taking their, taking their A team to... Um, to the Premier League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> BT Sport, that is. Yes, yes. Quite. Yeah, of course. Uh, we right. Uh, right, well, in that, thank you very much for listening. You know where to find us on all the usual channels and tune in next time. Are we going to do any sort of like midweek preview, potentially? Maybe. We'll I see. Sort of we'll see what stories have come out yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. Because the, the problem is, it'd be nice to do a preview pod once the teams are announced, but that will... Oh, that will be relevant for one day. One day. So, so we'd get the teams on Thursday and you have one day to enjoy that possible pod. So well, potentially a poten- potentially a ten minute quick one at some point. Anyway, yeah. point is thanks for listening and uh, keep at it. Let the voice play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 